Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio. Our show is for entertainment purposes only. The opinions expressed by the host and guest on this show are not necessarily those of TPPC.TV's web TV show, radio show, blog, or its sponsors. Don't use the medical information obtained here as a substitute for a visit to your vet. If you think your pet is sick, get help immediately. And welcome to Pets Teachers So Much Radio with your hosts, stars of TPPC TV, Robin and Joseph Everett. Hello, everyone, and whoopee woo, Everett and Everett here. I am Robin Everett. And I am Joseph Everett. Welcome to our show, Pets Teachers So Much. We are animal advocates, pet lifestyle experts, and pet trendologists bringing you the latest pet news and celebrity gossip. As always, we have great content. It's the most up-to-date info for you and your pet's health and safety, brought to you in a very real, raw, gritty, and not sugar-coated format. Today on Pets Teach Us So Much Radio, we have fabulous director and co-writer of the film White God, Cornell, this is going to be a tough one, Mandrugso. And he's going to tell us about the film. It's fantastic. We can't wait to speak with him. And, of course, we have tons of current news stories for dog lovers and for cat lovers and for... Sea lion lovers. Sea lions. I love sea lions. We have a groovy group on Facebook, the TPBC.TV Pet Lover Crew. Check us out and join in the fun. Post your pics, scoop events, and you and your pets can hang out with the coolest pets on the net. If you have news or you'd like to be on our show, send an inquiry to info at tppc.tv. Please check out our blog and like us, too. And we have tons to get to, but I just wanted to mention uh, this week, big story in New Jersey involving crocodile, involving crocodiles. Now, the crocodile stories just don't happen in Florida, Drew. So I'm saying. <laughs> Mercer County Prosecutor's Office said authorities found a small crocodile living in the basement of a Trenton house during a drug raid on Thursday and turned the reptile over to animal control. Although the crocodile, along with the crocodile, authorities found marijuana and two men were arrested. So there we go. Why do you, why does the alligator or crocodile always have to be involved? And what was he going to do? Were we going to train him to like run after people? I don't know. Oh, poor crocodile. Really? He gets involved in the story somehow. Poor crocs. Okay. The only crocs we have around here is on our feet. <laughs> Love crocs. 
Popsicle. Popsicle. So listen, we have some exciting news this week. We are uh, so pleased to welcome Rachel Hart, a new author on our blog. She's the voice of the millennial generation. She has a very uh, successful blog called His Muddy Paw Prints. Now, we're looking forward to reading about Rachel's adventures with her dogs, Dobie and Tessa. She actively participates in competitions, and we're looking forward to hearing about Rachel's perspective on dog ownership. Here's a little bit more about Rachel. She's a full-time student, dog trainer, and dog mommy to uh, Dobie and Tessa, as we mentioned. She has had animals in her life for as long as she can remember, from fish to guinea pigs and anything in between. Her dogs have opened many doors for her, including meeting wonderful people and trainers and getting the opportunity to travel to showcase her dog's talents. She created the Muddy Paw, uh, his Muddy Paw prints, rather, as a way to share her training successes with her rescue, Dobie. Her real passion for dogs started with her local 4-H club. Go 4-H club. Yeah, where she learned the ropes of dog training and showing. Now she lends her time as clubs as the club's administrator and helps with training classes. She actively competes in obedience and agility competitions with her dog, as well as canine freestyle demonstrations. Blogging has become a way for her to help others through their training hardships and talk about the methods uh, of training that she's used with her dogs. So she wrote a very interesting article about kids and dog sports. And this was so interesting because this stuff wasn't around when we were kids. Right. And if it was, we would have totally been into oh, it. No kidding. So Rachel said turning 18 means that she's officially aged out of the junior handler program. She began training with her rescue dog, Dobie, through her local 4-H club once she caught the dog sport bug. She began looking for new ways outside of 4-H to compete. That's where she found the junior handler programs for agility, rally, showmanship, and so many other sports. There are even junior handler programs for earth dog and herding events. Just just explain what a junior hand, handler is. Well, it's the age bracket. Yeah, it's usually under 18. It's the, yes, yeah, the age yeah, bracket. 18, so yeah. let's talk about that. Good question, Joseph. What is a junior handler? She explains that a junior handler is typically any kid under 18 who competes in dog sports from showmanship to agility and anything in between. The program allows kids to get a feel for the world of dog sports, often at a discounted price. These kids train, compete, and win just as their adult counterparts do. Most sports, such as AKC Obedience, or NADAC Agility, offer extra recognition titles for juniors who compete in those sports. She said that she and Dobie have earned their Rally Novice title and Junior Handler recognition, as well as Agility titles, and uh, uh, including her Novice Agility Certificate, Junior Handler, and Novice Jumper Certificate, Junior, junior Handler. That's impressive. It really is. She said, my advice to those wanting to get involved with the Junior Handler program, go for it. She said she didn't get started in canine competitions until she was 15 and wished that she had started sooner. She said, don't put off the opportunity to participate. I guarantee you won't regret it. Volunteer at the trial. You'll learn so much from just watching the competitors while you work, especially if you work the more advanced classes. There's so many jobs from scribing to leash running. 
Also, some clubs offer vouchers for working so that you could use them on future trials. That's really cool. So if you don't have the money, you can get a voucher and use it. Yeah. Uh, find supportive people. There's so many other competitors out there that are willing to answer your questions. Just ask. Go with friends. She loves competing each weekend because she gets to hang out with her best friends and they support each other during their runs. They share the sorrows of missing a, a cue by 0.3 seconds and the joys of winning new titles. Also, you have someone to talk course strategies with. And she said, don't give up. Never lose sight of why you're competing. To have a great time with your dog. If you have a terrible run where nothing goes right, still have a party at the finish line with your dog. Be happy that you've been given the opportunity to compete with your dog. It's funny, that 0.3 seconds reminds me when I was taking my physical for the fire department mm -hmm. that it was broken down into hundreds of a second. Wow. And 0.3 was the difference between, like, number one and number four mm -hmm. on wow. the agility test. It's really, That's really nice. It is. It's just, yeah. She she also said a bad day spent with your dog is better than a than any day spent at work or school. Very true. Ain't that right? So check out uh, His Muddy Paw Prints blog. You know, I know kids have to be kids because we were kids. And I know becoming an adult, turning 18, there's so many things that you want to do because you're 18 and, you know, mm -hmm. it's legal to do so many things. Mm -hmm. But this, it's it's nice to see a millennial or a kid doing yeah. something like this also. Yeah. Yes. It's so cool. I don't want to sound old-fashioned. I don't want to sound like I'm on a soapbox. No, and, her blog is you know, great. She has a good spirit, and um, it'd be great for more kids to love animals and get involved and yeah. to have supportive parents. And the animals need them. The animals need them. And especially having the kids and the youth with them, you know? It's just so much our crickety bones can do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> having some nice young... Our Bendable, yeah, a nice bendable body. You'd be able to do a lot with them, and they'll enjoy it. Yes, they will. Crickety bones. Come anyway, on. I think we got break break coming up, right? We have to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about reading the ingredients before you buy dog food. Article by uh, Kimberly Gothy. I keep the tail wagging. We'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to have an amazing photo taken of your pet? Your pet is the most treasured companion, so why not have a photo of them? Ariel Star Productions can help you. Go to www.tazphoto.com. That's www.tazzphoto.com to see the many pet photos we have taken through the years. That's www.tazphoto.com. And make sure when you email or call us to mention hearing about us from Robin at TPPC. And Joe, you're back with TBBC's Pets Teach Us So Much. Cynthia Dunn, photography. She did such a great job. She took the pics at, yeah. our, uh, cool pics. at our pet fashion show. So our next topic of discussion is reading the ingredients before you buy pet food. This is very oh, interesting. Yes. Um, Kimberly said that a brand recently contacted her about a review on her site. 
And she also said that the site gave her the impression. So she goes to the brand site and she she said that they she got the impression that the supplements um, were created uh, naturally. Um, so they were natural dog supplements and the ingredients actually weren't very natural and definitely not good for you. You know, it's not a good fit for the dogs. Right, right. So she said how to read ingredients in dog food and supplements. She's not an expert, but she says she focuses on the first five ingredients. This can be daunting, but it seems to be good. It works out for her and her dogs. Any allergies? Each of our four dogs have chicken sensitivity, so she avoids foods and treats with chicken or proteins labeled as meat. The term meat could mean chicken, beef, or any other protein. I prefer details so that she can determine if the food is okay for her dog. That's interesting. That is really important. Mm-hmm. Go natural or as natural as possible. She tries to look for products that have a simple simple list of ingredients. One to three when possible. Dehydrated or uh, freeze-dried protein treats are great. She gets duck, bison, rabbit, and turkey. Google the rest. If there's anything she doesn't understand, she Googles it and she looks for two to three explanations so she's comfortable with the information and she can gain a more complete understanding. She reaches out to her holistic veterinarian uh, for more clarification when needed. It's very smart. Huh. And she, she searches for a product review. With so many pet bloggers typically um, typing. Uh, typing diligently every day. I was going to say uh typically reviewing oh, okay. the product because there's, if there's one review, there's usually right. more. Uh, she said someone's bound to have a written review of the product somewhere. She said that she reads their thoughts and reaches out to them for details. I give her kudos for not putting that on her blog. and She, she, she felt that it wasn't part of, of, of what she wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Because some of these companies offer you, we know, they offer you X amount to talk about it and the blog about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess, you know, we were one of the ones that would never, you know, do that unless we really felt for the product. Mm-hmm. She said, and we've, we've had that happen many times. And sometimes you get, yeah. you get snuffed because if you don't pick that particular, sometimes that company owns quite a few different, let's say, avenues in the market. Yeah. And you can get somewhat blackballed in that. But you know what? I still rather be blackballed than to represent something that's going to hurt hurt one of our furry ones. And you know, even the small companies they get indignant when you don't want to do something for nothing or you know. It, I mean, it's not like something for nothing. It's something that we don't believe in or do. It's something that's just so just right. You're like, you know, our people really aren't going to be interested. And, in and it. I, it's not a good fit. Let's just clarify. Sometimes it's always not a financial thing. That it's something for nothing. Something might be okay. If we do this, could you put our our blog on your site. Could you put a put a link to us? And they don't want to do it. And you know what? You know they want everything for like Robin was saying, basically for no no investment at all. Yeah. Whether it's money or or a product or, or giveaway or a trade or a product yeah. to give to our listeners. Yeah. But they want everything back from you in regards to and talking to the battle on the radio on the blog and and what I to clarify more specifically what I meant about something for nothing was. They think that their product is so great, and when you look at it, it really isn't. It's not the kind of quality that that you would want to see in a product if you were going to buy it. You need an unbiased opinion. You know, we we all get like that. Yeah. You know, no matter what we're doing, we're building, we're doing something. I was watching a good thing on Fox News today, 
cares about first-time home buyers or even a, even a, a uh, seasoned home buyer. Sometimes you go into a home that you really like. It's everything is just it, the, you you just it's just that tunnel vision that you see, and you're not really paying attention to a lot of uh, a lot of things that go along with the with the with the purchase of that home. Mm-hmm. And one of them was the neighborhood, the demographics, the schools, and mm-hmm. blah blah blah, and everything. Was there anything that I missed in the house? Was there water leak marks? Obviously, you know that. the crime rate, and that's why it's some it's it's good to either get a service or have someone else come in that's not. That's not in the emotional part of buying yeah. that home. That can look into it, and that's the same thing that happens with with. Uh, I lost my train of thought. You're talking about buying a home. You saw it on Fox News. Yeah, I, I know. Go ahead. Buying uh, pet products. Maybe, buying, yeah, emotional. yeah, exactly. But um, uh, and I want to talk about one other thing. But kudos to uh, Kimberly Gauthier. You want to check out her blog. Keep the tail wagging. So what I was going to say is sometimes. These products aren't labeled with exactly what's in them. And she's talking about sensitivities, with chicken sensitivities. So one of our friends, and if I mentioned this before, tell me I'm getting old and repeating myself. One of our friends took their dog for a rabies shot. The the manufacturer raises the culture, whatever, in beef. The dog's allergic to beef. Right. The dog had a really bad yeah. reaction to the beef. And we did talk about that a couple shows ago, but it's worth talking we? about it. No, but I'm finish, sorry. Finish the thought. So, That's so, an excellent. So what happened was it wasn't labeled. The product was not labeled. Mm-hmm. That it was cultured in beef. And so the dog got sick from it, and now they're going back, and they're looking at how they're, they're packaging the product because this could be a huge lawsuit. And not just that, but well, these poor the same, dogs are getting it's sick. It's the same thing with the kids with the peanut allergies. Oh, yeah. You know, there's so, there's so many things. You know, how many kids had to die first before... Or get sick, and there's still labeling issues with the, with within the market in the, in the human and in the animal market. And we always market. talk about the GMOs. So, and oh, please, <laughs> that's a whole other show for GMOs. Oh gosh, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Now, Joey, do you want to take a quick break? Okay, you want to let the plane? Yeah, let's land the plane. Oh, we're gonna land the plane. So we see that our guest Cornell is on the line. So today we are going to be speaking with Cornell. Mondrugso. He is the director of the film White God, which Magnolia Pictures will release in theaters on March 27th. A story of the indignities visited upon animals by their supposed human superiors. White God is also a brutal, beautiful metaphor for the political and cultural tensions sweeping contemporary Europe. The film features Lots of dogs, and we're going to get him to talk about that a bit. And was awarded prize in a certain regard at the 2014 Cannes Film Festival. We are so pleased to welcome to the show Cornell. Cornell, are you there? Yes, yes. Hello for everyone. Hi, Cornell. Hi. We really, really enjoyed the the movie. It was just really wonderfully done. Congratulations on a great film. Thank you so much. So what prompted the idea to use dogs to depict those who are, let's say, eternally outcast? Actually, I was really personal. It happened a very personal touch with me. I went to a dog pond uh, in Budapest just to check the situation, and I was totally shocked and touched in the same time. So I felt 
they are behind the fences and I'm in front of and I'm part of the system and I felt such a shame that how can be happen and uh, I watched their eyes and decided I would like to shoot a movie out of it. Now how many dogs are actually used in the film? 250 wow. altogether. Wow. And uh, and the conception that we don't use CGI. And at the beginning, everybody told that Cornell is impossible, forget this movie. And I find several people who said maybe, and they have the more power at the <laughs> end of the day. So. <laughs> so tell us what it was like working with all those dogs, and, and actually, ultimately, what was their fate after filming the movie? Uh, I mean... I mean, for me, it's, it's, it was kind of a lesson because they teach me a lot. So, I mean, of course, I grew up uh, in the countryside, so I know all of these things, and I had a dog before, but I forget when I go to the city and I live 20 years just, you know, to, to lose my innocence. And then I started to to facing with my with my limitations so I was control freak and I was like okay they are humans let's do it and I understand it that's no I mean I mean if you wanted to cooperate with another race then you need patience and curiosity and and uh, and all of things like that and it was like a therapy I think it's really teach me a lot and uh, I was not a huge animal rights fighter before but after when I'm facing the problem I am totally I I can understand that I mean you you really hit on something there pets are the name of our shows pets teach us so much because you have to learn the language you have to understand dog language like you would have to learn the language of another people if you were really trying to understand them so what happened to the dogs that were in the film uh luckily they all adopt two families now and uh, and uh, during the shooting we do the process to to create a website where you can adopt them but we all know it's just drop in the ocean so of course we try to support Still, the adoption programs also as myself I went to uh, and tried to support them personally as well and of course uh, uh, it's a if you if you if you have solidarity with 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 animals and if give you rights for the animals then your society is in the better shape yeah absolutely um so you said that you used real dogs and you didn't want to use the CGI. Why didn't you want to use the CGI at all? Because I believe equality. So when I decided to shoot this movie, I don't want to illustrate them. I don't want to to, to have a human imagine, imagination, what is a real animal emotion, and drew and, and, and generated with computer. It's just fake. And I, I doesn't want it to have this fake element in this movie because I think the most powerful protest just to show them them faces and their emotion and they they play very well. I mean they we can do. Of course, that was a very long process to to find a way how we can how we can make alive dog characters in movie because it's not obvious. You need the process. You need a method for that. 
But if you do, then they, you have a special skill, a special strength in your movie. And mm -hmm. that was really much more coming, which I expected before, but previously. And at the end, we write the script together somehow with the yeah. animals. Yes, like you can see that. It's, it's really wonderful. So tell us what it was like working with uh, Teresa Miller, your animal trainer. I mean, she, she's such a person that I, 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 without her, it's just this movie not happen. So, and and this method, this that that this positive reinforcement re method is totally hers. And always the dogs doing anything they want. Always what good boy, good girl, what, such a such a such a job. And 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 then they at the end they do. So they are really playing. They are. She was really part of my cast in a way. And of course she have a huge tradition of uh, of uh, to be a trainer because her her father was Carl Miller who did a lots of huge blockbusters like My Dog Jerry Lee, Beethoven, even the uh, even the the Samuel Fuller movie by Dog as well. So I mean she 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 comes from this this family but she was the only one who told me that Corny maybe maybe I can imagine this movie <laughs> to handle so yeah that was very good so so tell us how you all prepared to work the cast with the animals that were on the set um, actually, it was really a normal process, like like for humans. So we do. I I mean, Teresa did the 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 cast videos and then sent me. And in Hungary, I went to every dog pond with the lead yeah, trainer, Arpad Holas, and uh, a shelter house. Yes, and they they and then then I do the normal cast and and see the characters and also Arpad, who is handled the crowd. He's, he, he, without his method, which, where he kills the domination fight, and with the huge belief that those amount of dukes can cooperate together, then it's this. Without that, this movie is just simply not working. Now there was one main dog, main character in the movie, and the dog was uh, called Hagen. Tell us how you chose that dog to play that part. Um, Actually, there was two who played the one role. Again, there was Body and Luke, and uh, Teresa find them in Arizona in a van camp somewhere. It's really just uh, uh, the, the owners wanted to send them to the sh shelter house, and uh, and uh, and they were under one year. They was not even a year old. And she started to work with them. And when they do the role, they was really just a little more than one year. And uh, you really feel this young energy and this young concentration by, by them. So I met them uh, in Sundance Film Festival, and they are much more masculine in a way <laughs> than, than in the movie. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, and for me, my main conception was I really need a family dog for that where you really believe the lovely part and uh, and who can be rude uh, for the for the tough part as well so it's a very complex character so i really need a playful dog for that character to create and at the end we once we we just counting how much gestures they use it and that was over 30 
gestures they use it uh, in the movie which is which is amazing amount i mean an, an actor don't has as much gestures for a role isn't that the truth now are you're calling from new york city so for those of us who are listening all around the united states i'm assuming that all the sirens in the background are the usual new york city uh, background noise yeah yeah it is it is the new york noise yeah so now tell us you know when you titled the film White God. Everybody can kind of pull something from that and what it means to them. But tell us what it meant to you uh, in titling the movie White God. Actually, it's a perspective of a dog, and they are watching us uh, as 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 God, and we have the responsibility. And when I'm standing there, and when I'm uh, when I was in the dog pond, I felt the same. And uh, and and it's kind of a self-criticism of of mine, so of myself. But at the same time, it's a play with the with the Samuel Fuller movie as well, the White Dog, because it's just one letter change. Mhm, mhm. Now tell us um, a little bit about the emotions that you would like your audience to feel when they're actually watching the film. I mean, I. I hope they have freedom to watch this movie and they enjoy the twists and turns which is inside this movie and uh, and it's a ride which is quite unique in one hand because I use such amount of animals but on the other hand also as a genre is melting, mixing things together and uh, and uh, and at the end, of course, when is that? That I don't I don't want to spoiling my movie, but there no, is no. the point when it's really silent at the end. And mm-hmm. I think after that, you have the decision as an audience how you continue this movie, with mm-hmm. uh, with uh, with on which way, and and this is your own own your own responsibility, and that's. That's really interesting for me. So, of course, I would like to entertain them, but also I think I would like to give something to the brain, to use the brain as well. You definitely do. You definitely deliver um, in that aspect. And I think every... Every anybody who's ever had a relationship with a pet or has experienced any type of political or cultural tensions, which we want to talk about in a minute, can really relate this film in a lot of different terms. So can you explain the metaphor for the political and the cultural tensions in Europe specifically to this film? Uh, Actually, I'm living in a country which is more and more extreme, and uh, and uh, I'm living in Eastern Europe, in a city, Budapest, which has a really golden age uh, in in history. And the last ten, five, ten years, it's changed a lot. In my eyes, because of the economical crisis, follows a huge moral crisis. The society is lo- loaded by fear, and uh, and they are more and more intolerant and lack of living, lack of solidarity, and sometimes racist, sometimes chauvinist uh, uh, attitude comes up. And of course, I try to fight against that. And I was really angry when I understand that that blindness in my society. And then suddenly recognize it. This this movie is became my most international movie. So I think. Uh, I think this moral crisis is not just in my country, it's maybe all over in Europe. 
and uh, and the question how we can face it with that because we don't even title as a crisis yet but you know yeah. everybody's watching so, uh, around and see what's happened all over in 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 Greece in in in, in the middle of Paris just a few months ago or in Ukraine or in UK so there are really really uh, uh, lots of extreme happenings surrounding the time. And I think that goes for the United States as well. I mean, it's not, I think for the most part, there are so many Americans who have their heads in the sand and they don't really take a broad view of world politics or what's going on in the world. But um, this movie translates so beautifully across uh, all continents and all people and all uh, pet lovers as well. So congratulations again on a terrific movie, Cornell. Thank you so much for taking time to join us. Thank you, and thank you very much. Take care, Connor. Take care. Thank he had us on. He, he yeah, you could hear a little bit in the background, but, I mean, it's tough when you're in the city, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and he's done a whole day of, of publicity surrounding the movie. Yeah. It's really terrific. Again, yeah. um, it's White God releasing uh, March 27th. If you can catch it, uh, please do. I, I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. Um, now... Can we do one more story before we close out tonight, yeah, honey? Yeah, this... yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, we were talking Okay. We were talking about um the crocodile story earlier. You know we love our alligator stories. So a group of British tourists were enjoying a sunset cruise along the beautiful <laughs> Zambezi River when they saw something that they'll never forget for all the wrong reasons. They're Day a trip, their dream trip along the river, quickly turned to horror when they witnessed a grisly act. What had happened was they watched a crocodile as it devoured a person. But what happened was they believe authorities believed that it was a poacher, a crocodile poacher. Oh. So it was one for the crocodile okay. that the crocodiles got even wow. with the poacher. And they got him. And the British, lovely British tourist that probably wanted to sip tea and see the sights saw the crocs get even. Oh. Yeah. That's what happened. Pretty shocking. Hey, I don't... Yeah. If that's what happened, hey. then... That's what happened. Go crocs. Go crocs. <laughs> oh, honey, it's not right to chuckle like that I'm just saying them poor proper British people you know so if you want to see some cuteness WTSP TV in Tampa had a segment at Tampa's Lowry Park Zoo where the endangered clouded leopard gave birth to a little tiny baby kitten cat now if you want to see some cuteness, you can look it up on USA Today, and they're giving the bottle to the little baby, and he's just mewing and making all kind of cute, adorable, just, out, it's just out of control how cute it is. But, until he gets bigger. Yeah, until he gets bigger. <laughs> but, something to keep in mind, now these leopards uh, were uh, named Yim and Mally, that's the two, the mommy and the poppy that arrived to the zoo in 2011 at six months, and they were paired as potential mates by the Clouded Leopard Species Survival Plan, a program that the Association of Zoos and Aquarium uh, designed 
to help keep these animals alive. There are only a total of 87 clouded leopards in 22 accredited institutions. Why did why were they feeding the the little baby instead of the mother? Were they afraid the mother was going to hurt him? I don't know him. I don't know. Okay. But I think they. I that's what I would think that they were yeah. too afraid because they're so incredibly rare. Yeah. yeah Clouded yeah. leopards are the smallest of the big cats, weighing thirty to fifty pounds in adulthood, and measuring about five feet long, including the tail. They are native to Southeast Asia. So. One more story. This is another good story. Oh yeah. yeah that's that's a, that's a, that's, that's a, a real good story. So. So another one out of um, USA Today. Animal activists want online registry for abusers. We've talked about this before many, many times. Yes. But each time we talk about it, there are more and more locations that are coming on board with actually getting the registry together. So what happened is uh, Lansing, Michigan, uh, animal advocates are hoping that a bill three years in the making, um, that it will uh, pass keeping track of animal abusers. Now, it actually, I guess, Senate uh, uh, actually adjourned prior to the law going through. But what, in a nutshell, this dog, Logan, was injured when its owner threw acid on it intentionally. The dog then later died. It was battery acid. Can you believe this? How come we can't do that to the owners? How come we can't do that? I know. The bill passed the Michigan House last year, but it didn't get through Senate. Before it was over, um, it would also require the state police to compile a number of animal abuse conviction, convictions each year. So keep the numbers. Keep telling people what's going on. Keep it out in the public eye. Oh, um, I know. I know. So hopefully, you know, New York State is passing legislation. Um, New York City has the registry going. I, I mean, they're saying, okay, so once these people get on the registry that they can't own animals for a certain number of years... And that shelters would have to screen everybody and run it through this um, this registry before they let an animal be adopted. Now, of course, I always think that it should be stricter penalties and people should be jailed and fined. Yeah. You know, just... Yeah. Well, that's why I give one for the Crocs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we got to touch on this one because this is just... This is just... We'll flip your lid. A group of Chinese politicians has been hiding a horrible secret. They were illegally keeping a horde of endangered Siberian tigers as pets. The animals were only discovered after an appalling accident. One of the eight tigers leapt off a balcony and died in the city of Qingdao after he got scared by the Lunar New Year's fireworks. The cub was only seven months old. Wonderful. The South China Morning Post reports. So here's what, you know. China again now. Yeah, China. People's Congress in the city were each were, were each fined the equivalent of four hundred and eighty dollars. So stupid, small price to pay for the life of an incredibly rare tiger. Here again, there's only four hundred and fifty Siberian tigers left in the wild. So yeah, good job going with the Chinese people. That's why I wish a saber-toothed tiger from the Flintstones would come get eaten. Yeah, come and do roar, roar, and that would be it. So our last story for tonight, folks is the one about the little chihuahua that you may have heard about. There was a little chihuahua that was scanned going out of LaGuardia Airport. So what happened was the chihuahua 
was found in the lady's luggage. A seven-year-old. Yeah, that's how you how you spell Chihuahua. Um, the seven-year-old pet stowed away in a bag while its owner was packing. The TSA employee at LaGuardia Airports in Queens made the discovery after an alarm went off in the screening process. O- opening the suspicious case, the officer was shocked to see a small dog nestling inside with the other belongings. The agency contacted the airline to identify the owner, who had apparently not intended to bring the animal on the trip. The two were happily reunited, and the woman contacted her husband to come and take the mischievous pet home. It was unclear whether the owner actually made her flight. All right. <laughs> the TSA feed said, TSA travel trips, I Chihuahua. It's important to double check your bags before traveling. Our dog wow. would definitely oh, do that. Yeah. That's why we wanted to, to read that story. Oh, that Chai poor would, lady. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Chai would do that with with your bag or whatever. She'd crawl into a bag. That's what she does. And I have and to be she, so careful with my purse. And you have to check to make sure she's not in it. She really, and I feel for that lady. She must have been so I mortified. Like, I know it sounds like BS, but no, it's, it's, so it's true. true. Our Chihuahua does the same thing. Because she's used to being carried around in a bag. Well, that's, you know, a whole different story. Yeah. But anyway, guys, that's it for tonight. Now, uh, uh, next week we're going to be on hiatus. Um, and uh, we should be uh, broadcasting the following week. So stick with us as our schedule's a little spotty for the next couple weeks. But um, we love you guys so much. Thanks for all your support. And have a good night. Love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting one hundred dollars back and one hundred percent accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.